Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. up man how you doing uh you know before we start man i guess we'll take a moment to you know reflect on life so this week uh lost lost someone important um yeah we lost the matriarch of the family uh my granny uh ruth oliver she was 95 years old so flying home in the morning for services right Um, right. yeah so you know kind of dealing with all of that i don't know if it's really hit everybody yet but um saturday will be definitely a happy but sad day as we uh, send my granny off. Hey, I'm uh, I'm sorry to hear about you, your granny, man. You know, it's uh, we'll forever be connected through our relationship. We'll also be connected because March second signifies a loss for both of us. That was the day that we lost Ev a year ago. Yep. You know, it was kind of ironic. You called me to tell me about your grandmother, man, and you know, I'm reflecting on the past year and all this. And, like, wow, just the irony of it, you know. So uh, sorry for your loss. And if there's ever, ever, you know, anything that I can do, you know, just just let me know. Uh, we appreciate that, man. My family really appreciates that, man. So uh, sorry, everyone, to start the show on kind of a somber note. But, um, you know, it's definitely going to pick up, man. So uh, other than that, <laughs> indeed, we both kind of had rough weekends. What's else, what else has been going on this week, P? Um. So I finished my uh, orientation with the um, the ALS board. So I uh, got my pretty much my marching orders, what I can and do, what I can't do. So uh, might be a trip to D.C. to talk to the Senate about, you know, uh, funding more ALS research sometime in June. So uh, more to follow on that. So I'm kind of excited about how we're going to move forward um, with everything. So uh, there'll be more updates. Well, it seems like that's going to be an interesting uh journey for you and adventure so uh yeah man if you get those forms you know what to do man definitely uh speak your mind uh try to make change the best we can we said that last week you know a lot of that yeah. stuff we want to see change in the world starts with us so uh use your use your yourself to to be that voice for others you know what i'm saying um so yeah man no, this, doubt. no this, doubt this week we got a we got a jam-packed show like always man so we just gonna jump into it, you know. Last week we started with news, news. Yeah. Might as well keep that rolling. So three part news, <laughs> news again. First ones up is you guessed it, Florida again. What's going on yeah. in Florida? Why everybody is wild in Florida, bro? You know, there's this <laughs> meme that you see online all the time about Florida, like Florida being cut off the map by um, Bugs Bunny. Man, Florida. I don't know if it's the humidity, the heat, I, the beaches. I don't know. 
But uh, tell me, tell me what happened in Florida. You got it pulled up, man. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me pull it up. I thought you were gonna hit the Florida idiot. Oh man, is he definitely an idiot? Oh, oh, this is the the dude that that flew home with the <laughs> the RPG. The RPG in his bag, and he said, "Hey, I did not know I could not do that." Man, you know, on this show we have so much to talk about. It's and so much listed. It's like uh, I gotta find. Okay, I got it. Bang right here. Yeah. Here it is, Florida man. Florida man tries to fly home with RPG in check bag. Yes. And like yes. you said, he pulled. Uh, I didn't know statement. Now you can't even have much more than a small amount of lotion or mouthwash or any of those things. Damn sure can't have a regular, yeah. you know, handgun or anything <laughs> like that. But an RPG. He got an RPG. <laughs> Come on, fam. Only in Florida, man. Only in Florida. Look, anybody who wonders why we do the the, the news news, <laughs> uh, aside from the fact that this is like some off the the wall crazy stuff, it's to add some levity to to you know some of the stuff that we talk about because we talk about some pretty serious issues too. So, you know, just bear with us. You don't like the news news? Don't listen to the news news. Yeah, he. He was definitely like uh, he was unaware once they pulled him into the the search room. Come on, man! Like we're not gonna yeah. keep playing these type of games. He knew what the hell he was doing, man. So uh, for anyone that's flying, I'll take my own advice. I'm flying in the morning. Don't try to bring a damn RPG onto the plane. <laughs> they still have not made that okay to do. That's still illegal. Okay. Yeah, you can't even take a. You can't even take a fingernail file on an airplane. Right. Let alone a damn RPG. That shit's hilarious. Wow. All, All right, right, So, man. Uh, moving on to The Flash. Let's jump um, right into The Flash. Let's fire away. Just recently, um, New York Times reported the second person, a second person has been cured of AIDS. Um, so, apparently, there has been research beyond Magic Johnson, more progress beyond Magic Johnson. Yeah, so this story is kind of vast. Um, it, it's happened. So, uh, oh, I think I think we got choppy right there. No, I said so. This this story is kind of vast because uh, both of these, I call them remissions. Let's not call them cures. They're in remission. Um, both of them happened in London. Okay. And um, so here's the here's the irony in that, right? So if anyone's done any research, um, you may have heard of this guy before, but Doctor CB. Back in the 80s, he claimed to have, you know, had the cure for uh, HIV, leukemia, uh, and a whole bunch of other um, illnesses that were affecting uh, people. But what he also claims is that he was not being heard by uh, the black community, more so um, the black community that had a little wealth, a little power. Nobody was giving him the light of day. So it went, yeah. it went as far as him actually um, getting sued um, by pharmaceutical companies claiming that you know he was he had false statements but he won his cases back in those days um fast forward time he just mysteriously passes away in like the mid-2000s he might have even made it to the teens um and his death was just kind of a mystery he said he walked into a place he seemed fine a few days later he was dying kind of strange but like you mentioned big pharma big pharma right so big pharma. you're talking about money right because everything millions, billions billions of dollars everything he he uh, claimed to do had nothing to do with experimental drugs or anything like that. It was all, you know, plant-based. And basically his, his model was you come from the earth and therefore the earth will, will be your cure. If you live off the earth, you should be fine. Yeah. So um, right. he was 
kind of, you know, debunking all of this crazy uh, treatments like chemo and all these other crazy meds that you take. And he's like, yeah, you don't need all of that. You just got to change the way you, you live, the way you eat, and some other things. But, uh, yeah, that didn't uh, go over too well for him, apparently. He was, like I said, a herbal a herbal type doctor, herbalistic type doctor. Yeah. So, it's, I don't it's, know. That's pretty, that's pretty sad. Pretty mysterious, pretty sad. I mean, all kind of conspiracy theories can, you know, you can you can come up with in regards to that. You you're talking big money to billionaires, wealthy people, so they're gonna right. be very protective of uh, of their their wealth. So, um, moving so, on to this is a, a teen in Georgia. She got 31 college offers valued at over a million dollars in scholarships. 31 college offers. That is unheard of. Yeah, that's huge, man. So uh, she's an African-American. Um, not that that should, you know, take precedent over the fact that she got 31 scholarships. But you just think about the struggle um, that, you know, it is to go to school and the struggle that parents, you know, have to, you know, deal with of all races trying to get their kids to college. And when it, you actually put in the work and your education is first, you know, some things like this happen. So it's basically a bid more they want her. Like, so that's pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible story. Um, still yeah. no word on who she's chosen yet, but a million dollars in scholarships. Like, I mean, you can pay for school shit three times over, <laughs> depending on what school you Yeah, pay. no kidding. So, so that's, that's pretty good. Man, 31 different offers. She can go to four different schools if she wants to. So, you know, that, that's great on her, great achievement. Um, you know, great to set that kind of example. Uh, so, next in the flash, crime and punishment. Um, this is in regards to owners of sports teams and when they commit crimes or, or missteps or aggressions or transgressions or whatever you want to call it versus what happens to the players when they get into trouble. Um, we've had things like um, Colts owner, you know, uh, Jim Ursay get caught with a bag full of drugs pharmaceutical drugs and a largest large sum of money nfl fined him a half million dollars suspended for six games but what happens to nfl players if they get into a car accident or if they found you know drunk driving etc a team can cut them they can take their livelihood away from these men you know so yeah is there is there i'm not now i can't say what's what's fair in in regards to this and what's not fair um, but is it is it fair that one can lose his livelihood while the other just gets a slap on the wrist? Well, see, there it is. I think you know, you're talking about very, very wealthy men. Well, I, I think you go back to, you know, the whole boss and employee relationship, even though we, we try not to look at it that way. But it seems that, you know, they do have a good old boy system that keeps them basically out of harm's way, unless it's like just excessive. So we go back to what happened. What's the name? Donald Sterling. I believe the Clippers ex owner, like he, he clearly made comments that were, you know, heard by an audience bigger than his small community. Therefore he ended up losing his team. We remember what happened to Bob McNair, but you take guys like Robert Kraft, you know, like this, thing isn't over yet yeah he got some misdemeanors that he's looking at right now right. but they're still investigating the the i guess how big this really is so push come to shove we already seen Ursay get 
you know, five hundred thousand dollars to an NFL owner is nothing. <laughs> he had to miss six Pocket games. Pocket, yeah. So yeah, and it's crazy because it's it's almost as soon as something happens to one of these players, it's snap of a finger, you're off the team. You know, you take Kareem yeah. Hunt. Now none of this stuff is pretty. Okay, if you're hitting women, that's not good. You're dri- driving drunk, got weapons in the car, also not good. But at the same time, can we hold the same standard? I mean, I feel like the commissioner of the NFL should set certain precedents on what's going to happen versus, you know what I'm saying, the owners get right. to deal with the players, but then who deals with the owners? They take a vote? How do they even do this? Because Yeah, it, it's, it's just pretty much just the commissioner. Yeah, and, and that's what's kind of bogus. What's up, John? Welcome to the show, man. I think it's just kind of bogus that you see this all the time. And, you know, when it happens, it's kind of like, oh, that's just the next in line. But then when it's Rob Kraft, he got, you know what I'm saying, he got the yeah. headlines for two days, yeah. and then it's kind of like silence. Like, let's not talk about that no more. Let's not do that no more. But as soon as, you know, who was the latest dude from the Ravens? What's that kid's name? Uh, Alex Collins. Alex Collins. Alex Collins. Boom. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even have – what was crazy about that, they didn't even have the charges read yet. Right. And he was already cut from the team. Like, we didn't even know – that, that, that's, that stuff tends to happen. It happens when it's a player. But when it's an owner, well, we don't have all the facts. Yeah. Let's wait for all the facts. Yeah. You and know? I, I so think it's, there, there's definitely a double standard. Players fight for their money. Players fight for their voice. Now players need to start fighting for um, basically, like, a, a real true system in punishment. Well, now we know NFL athletes, NBA yeah. athletes, MLB athletes, there's going to be issues. Too much money, too much free time, something's going to yeah. happen. But it got it. This whole, like, uh oh, you did something, you're gone. I mean, it's not fair. I mean, if the players strike or something like that, hey, look, man, I'm not trying to say what I did was right. But at the same time, if I get these type of punishments and the owner, is over here fucking off, you know what I'm saying? And basically, and, and people overlooking nothing essentially. Yeah, because it was crazy, yeah. and I'm trying to tie two knots right here. When people talk about like we talked about this a couple weeks ago, AB and Le'Veon Bell being a cancer and this, we don't want them in our locker room. So it's okay that the owners can be jerks. It's okay that owners can yeah. cr- commit crimes mm-hmm. and shit, but the organization as a whole is still right okay and the players should shut up in color like hell no man why would i ever want to get signed by the texans when i know that their owner was clearly making racial comments why so if i did boycott them if that was my team who who are you to tell me i'm wrong when the owner clearly was speaking you know way out of line like it's a double standard man i think even as fans they get silly and they get caught up in the whole shit especially with the nfl the nfl definitely has a massive double standard. You can make $10 million in revenue and it's revenue sharing. The owners are, even if the team is losing, the, the owner is guaranteed to make some money. Oh, yeah. Okay. But they can't guarantee these guys' contracts. Right. You know, I know this is, this is, it's in the same vein as, you know, owner versus, is versus uh, employee in okay. this case. Um, but these players, they're, it, it sounds crazy. They're, they're working um, in the hopes of keeping a paycheck. Yeah, that's the truth. You that's know, the truth. And, and it's a mean, to me, it's a means of control by the ownership. Now, what we've seen with um, A.B. and Le'Veon Bell, uh, 
and uh, Daryl Revis. Actually, pretty much started with Daryl Revis. Yeah. I'm betting on myself. You're going to give me guaranteed contracts. Right, right. This needs to be the prevailing thing in the NFL. And I think once you start to see guaranteed contracts, you ain't cutting that guy. Yeah, You're not cutting true. that guy that makes a mistake. That's You're true. not going to cut the guy because you found he got a DUI. Yo, we need to learn how to deal with this DUI. We can't let his ass go because that's a cap hit. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, and and you go. We can go to another story. Talk about baseball real quick. I think we actually jumped into the ticker, and it was a flash deal, but that's fine. Yeah, um, but, well, that's a good transition then. But uh, so you take the <laughs> you take the baseball guy, who was it the the San Francisco Giants owner, and yeah. he was yeah. showing out because I mean I ain't gonna even mess around. You know how they say guys are with their phones. The wifey had the phone, right? I don't even want to know. What, I want to know. I do want to know what's on that phone because I mean, he pushed it down to the ground like yo. I mean, he was a running back. Ah. Yeah, wifey had the phone, man, and uh, he wanted it back. And they were in yeah. public, and yeah, you know, he ripped her, ripped his phone out of her hands. She kind of like did this scream thing. I think she might have fell out of her chair. It got kind of crazy. Apologies yeah. came out. Now again, that was waves, right? Right. For about a day yeah. and a half, yeah. and then it goes silent. But yeah. you put a player in that position. Oh, there's domestic <laughs> it's, stuff. It's a, We're still looking into. What are we looking yeah. into? This is all yeah. the facts are on this 35 second video clip. What else right. is there to look into? You know what I mean? But again, this makes waves. He issues an apology. Fade to black. Oh, I love how they always say this is not a part of my character. Oh, it was a part of your character when you did it. Yeah. So. So it 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 may not be now because you got caught. Bones. It amazes me that this is not this is not a definitive part of my character. This is out of the norm for me. Okay, <laughs> dude. All right, sure. Yeah, Only an idiot would buy that bullshit. So, okay. It is what it is, man. Um, so, again, I hope to start seeing some leveling on the playing field. But, again, these players, I hate to say it, man, but they are literally puppets. <laughs> like, yeah. they show up, yeah. they do what they, they – they act accordingly, whether it's catching a football, shooting a basketball, hitting a baseball – and then, yeah, they're getting paid, but at the right. same time, like you said earlier, they're getting nickels compared to what the owners are getting. So, exactly. in a lot of ways, they're expendable, and, and they 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 see that every time one of these little mishaps happen, they become expendable. You, you're talking, and you're really talking about a job that's that's exclusive, okay? And if you lose that job, it's not like there's another NFL you can go to. Nah. You know, There's a couple other leagues that don't pay right. as much. Right. It might now there there might be another team that might be interested in you, but you're gonna take a hit. I mean, you're gonna have to stay on the commission exempt list for a year, be serve some kind of suspension. There's something on top of that non guaranteed contract of yours. Okay, yeah, that's the truth, man. So um, that's basically it. You know, players and owners. Uh, can we see them get punished accordingly and see them get punished? See them get punished when needed equally, I guess I could yeah. say. So whether yeah. you own a team, I mean, because I, I just, I'm logical, man. So I think about it right now. If I'm the owner of a company and I'm mistreating individuals or I'm sexually harassing women or whatever on that type of level, you know, I could be dealt with. But it seems yeah. like when you got billions of dollars and you're above the system because you are in that 31, 32 man club. Yeah. It's like you can almost do anything. Hey, Rob, so, you know, down there, did some inappropriate things. Don't worry about it, man. Issue an apology. You know, do 
pay your little fine and you back you back in the Super Bowl next year. I, like the shit's crazy. I'm watching the games from home for six six weekends. Yeah, and then I'm back in it. And yeah. then when interviews come up, you know, that's just a that's a bad time in my life. That's not who I am, you know, that that right. that garbage. The, the usual spiel. It's like somebody <laughs> wrote somebody wrote a publicist wrote one script for all of them. Here you go. Keep yeah. this in your back pocket. You know, so no, it's it's not right. Um but until the players actually recognize their worth, like some of them really are, and demand better. It's not going to change, you know. So all we can do is keep our eyes on it and hope that uh, that it changes sometime soon. So, um, all right, man, jump back into the flash because that was supposed to be the ticker. So jump back into the flash and let's hit the criminal justice system. That's the one we skipped over. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, folks. So um, somebody sent. I guess through our, our groups, there was a meme. It's not even a meme. It was just a, a, the news article. Uh, basically a comparison between this 12-year-old kid, this is a rapper, and he was selling um, his own CDs in a mall. They got, he got arrested, and they want to charge him with a felony. They want to charge this 12-year-old child who's making money off of himself for himself. With a felony. Now, what is the felony? The fact that he was selling merchandise in a in an official place without having, I don't know. Probably without having a license or something. Or something. It's probably something before. along those lines. Now, um, strangulation, infant, probation. Right. Strangulation, infant, probation. Woman and in Minnesota. Tries to strangle, hang a infant toddler with a noose. She gets caught. She runs over two guys. She got probation. And she pleaded guilty to attempted yeah, murder. To attempted murder. Put yeah, that in she there. pled guilty. She pled guilty to attempted murder. And the judge felt that after you know her lawyer made the case that she had some mental defect during this incident, not a lifelong mental defects mentally she was disturbed during this incident therefore um while the right thing to do would have been to give her 13 years in in jail he felt like the better thing to do would be to put her on probation for 10 years as long as she adheres to her mental treatments yeah now again i don't know the background of all this story I'm sure there were some doctors that gave all this right. you know, testimony on but, what they feel. And, and this is ridiculous. very true. This shit is very, ridiculous. very, very, very true. But in this country that we live in, optics matter. The perception matters. So you have yeah. a 12 year old child who, who they've essentially thrown the whole legal book at. Meanwhile, we have this white woman who strangled, who tried to murder a toddler, someone's baby. They found the fine print to put her on probation. Well, man, you know, hey, we talk about privilege all the time. You know, we see privilege all the time. And then privilege actually makes its real life appearance. And then it yeah. cha- it changes all of the we're just talking about it. Like, because you put yourself in, in, in this situation. Now, let's be the parent of the child. Okay. Let's yeah. be, let's be anyone else that's looking at this from a different level and then trying to say in some way, shape or form, I agree with the judgment, right? Like, I don't think you can. 
No. Whether, whether you're thinking it, about your own kid, where yeah. you're thinking about you're just, you know, you're, you're, that's somebody else's kid, that, right. and you might know them. There's nothing that says that's okay. And so probation means exactly what? what? You're, you're at home, you're not in jail, you're not doing... Yeah. Just don't mess up again. Right. Just don't mess, mess up again. Take your meds, talk to your therapist for the next 10 years, you'll be fine. Okay. Meanwhile, meanwhile, 12-year-old child, we're going to lock your ass up, charge you with a felony See, and, for selling CDs. And that's just it, man. Like, there is no fix to the criminal justice system. I'm going to just flat out say it because here's what has to happen. Everything yeah. has to be control-alt-deleted. Like, there has to be a new book written. So we talk yeah, about this yeah. with gun laws. We talk Total about reset. this with... Like, none of this, all we're doing is, is people go in and annotate a bill every now and then and, and, you know, update an article every now. But that doesn't get you to where you need to be. It's like I think of about how I'm, I'm writing my book and I'm editing. Sometimes you realize, you know what, damn, I hate to cut this whole page, but it's worth it. It doesn't flow. Yeah. So right. you have to cut it. So if, yeah. you, if you sit there and you try to edit it and make it fit, you know, everything reads well. Then you get to that one page and you're like, what was that? You should have just yes. sliced it. And throw I, everything off. I think that's what... And, and again, we're talking about something that's still in this infancy. This country is only 200 and some change. But we act yeah. like the, 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 the writings that happened up those years ago like can't be contested. Like, like these yeah. guys could see into the future and say, in 2020, you know, this rule will still be the right 17. rule. Like, 1776 on, when the Constitution was written. Yeah. There's no way that every rule in the Constitution applies yeah. to 2019. Right. Okay. There's, so there's no way it, this lady is. There, there are definitive. There's definite holes in how we are governed, how uh, crime and punishment is is issued out in this country, um, and I think a lot a lot of it has to do with the human element. You know, the human element just fucks up objectivity, and you know. You're instantly placed in a in a position where, am I? Can I see just my job and do just my job, or am I going to empathize with this person? And wow, okay, you had a moment. You 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 tried to, you put a noose around a toddler's, you know, neck. Yeah. And I I get it, I get it, I can understand how that could happen. I'm just going to put you on probation. You know. And but- on the flip side. Hey, you little motherfucker, you're out here selling these CDs in some place you're not supposed to. I was gonna take your little ass to jail. Yeah. How do you how do you juxtapose those two things? How do you put those two, two two things on a scale and measure how equal they are? You can't. It's impossible. You can't say with those two situations that the our criminal justice system, no one to me can say, Well, it's working pretty it's it's working mighty fine. No, it works for some, but a whole lot of others, no. Well, that's just it. You know, I don't think they ever get compared. So that 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 uh, situation in Minnesota never got compared to the, the kid that's, you know, potentially facing a felony in anyone else's mind. What somebody did was find two scenarios and was like, look at this one. This one got yeah. this and this one got that. Yeah. And so when that happens, then it is a slap in the face. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that they, no kidding, make every judgment and every ruling, whether it's a cop killing a black man or something like this, and that's it, next case. But right. then when you start digging and you start looking at like how things are coming about, and you're like, 
what the hell is going on? You know, because another one, uh, real quick, we can mention is like, you know, what Jay-Z's Rock Nation Foundation yeah, did. Yeah, you, you dropped it on me today. Yeah, so, you know, a couple weeks ago, a little kid was basically arrested for refusing to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, and then... The sixth grader. Yeah. The, the sixth grade kid. <laughs> the substitute said he was being disruptive and made her feel threatened and all this other stuff. So it gave, I guess, the administrator justification to have him arrested and, and removed from the school well jay-z caught wind of it you know his uh people over rock nation they fought it and basically the whole thing got dismissed there's no more but it just it takes you to that now we know good and damn well hell i've been out of elementary school for 20 plus years yeah. We we stopped having to say it right after I came out of elementary school. So see, when the did thing, they make them say it again, or is it just the, a state thing or a school the thing, thing? That and see for me the thing that that uh, that I think that was completely overlooked is the long term effect on this kid. Yeah. He's in grade school. He's in sixth grade. He's being taken out of out of school by the police. He's being arrested because this lady, his teacher, says those those key words. All you can be anywhere. He's being disruptive. He's being disruptive. I felt threatened. You know, yeah. I had this. This was a while ago, man. I was over here at at Fry's grocery store, and I just happened to pull into a spot before this lady did, right? And she's like, oh, "That's my spot." I said, Look, ma'am, it's not your spot. <laughs> and I and and hey, I'm about to walk away, and she gets loud, and instantly, my oh shit, I'm a black man. She gonna say some shit. To get my ass arrested went off, cause she's yelling. Cause she she's literally yelling at you. Took my space. I'm like, what the fuck are you yelling for? Right. And in in what way is this your space? It doesn't have right. a name on it. Your yeah. car isn't registered to always park here upon entering. But, but I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the key words. He's making me feel threatened. Are you scaring me? Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. It's again, we live in this this divided country man where everybody you know has to like you said get into that mode where you're like oh shit i better i better relax or i better move forward yeah. because next thing i know there's going to be a situation out here man and i guess I mean, in a way that's that's learning to deal with it which is not it, good they're not in in that that case for me that it wasn't like you know i'm i'm sitting there evaluating the situation like i'm 62245 she's probably like 55 five, maybe 120 pounds. They're not coming for her. Yeah. They're going to come for my big ass. Yeah, that's true. So if I were you, I'd just park my shit, walked away. And I parked. And after that, I'm like, what you yelling for? I just let her yell. After that, I just walked in the store and did my shit, man, yeah. and left it at that. That's what you got to do, man. But, yeah, so for that kid, man, like you said, he's already, you know, now had a run-in with the justice system. So that could, you know, yeah. mark him going forward and he feel a certain type of way. We hope that it doesn't go like that, but that's that's how calling the cops for everything becomes a problem, and that's why yeah. I think, and I'm just gonna say specifically in our community, cops are looked at a certain way because there is an abuse of power, and the, the abuse of power isn't always them on you. It's I can call the cops on you, and then they can do basically what I want them to do on right. my behalf. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. that's that's just as bad as the cop hitting you with the baton for no reason. That's just as bad. Yeah. So already when yeah. you pull up, she's right. You know what I'm saying? Already when, you know what I'm saying, the cop comes to the school, that teacher's right. I don't care what the little yeah. boy was. Nothing 
says he has to say that. And the long term, and, and, and here's here's the, sh- the most shameful part. The most shameful part is we as brown people, we are hardwired to expect the worst outcome for us. Yeah, I mean, and I think you know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, his, generationally just, handed down. Historic, it, it, yes, it's it's <laughs> like here, here, here. Take this high blood and and this fear of cops. You know, it, it's in your DNA. Yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 too, I drive. You know, if I'm driving and there's a cop behind me, I'm instantly I sit up, two hands on the steering wheel, and it's instinctive. It's not like I'm consciously making myself do all this stuff. And I have to like remind my dude, fucking re- relax, man. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't it should not be that way. You know, right. and the one the the last caveat to, you know, the sixth grader being arrested, even if there was, you know, nothing came of it, he wasn't charged, that report still has his name on it and will always be in those police files. Yeah, it's not like a military record where it's washed when you go to yeah. your next base. I mean until Here, he's... here's your piff. <laughs> yeah. Here's your personnel file. Yeah, Deuces. You're like, ooh, ha, ha, I dodged that bullet. No, nah. this is going to be on his record. For it, It's going to be something that can be found with his name on it forever. And it's something that's petty and doesn't even have any merit. Um, and it's off, actually kind of laughable. You were arrested for refusing to say the Pledge of Allegiance, which right. nobody has to say anymore. Yeah. And then that person felt you were being disruptive because they had a back and forth. And oh. you disagree with her, and then she's the authority. She reported it. The rest is history. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. See, and I think I think they stopped saying school stopped saying pledge of allegiance when I was finishing grade school. When I graduated from grade school, and uh, well, I mean, we did it every 82. morning. Well, <laughs> we did it into the late eighties. I know that for sure. Right. But yeah, Ace didn't do it. Jazzy didn't do it. It's been yeah. out for a minute, man. So I don't really unless it's just. Maybe it's a school thing. Like, hey, at this school, we stand by this. I don't know. But basically, he refused to say it because he was like, it doesn't represent me. I.e. Colin Kaepernick. And he was, uh, he basically got the same type of treatment. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty self-aware sixth grader. I got to give it to him. Yeah. I don't know, man. So, um, so matter of fact. So Krista says they still stay in her school. So then my question to you, Krista, is does the child have to say it? We'll wait for her reply because yeah. from what I know, my kids ain't saying no Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I watched both of mine go through school, and I know they didn't say it. Yeah. So And, you know, it's, it's kind of trippy. You know, um, Ev and I were talking to them when they were little, and uh, we kind of, like, reminisced on the, remember we used to have to say the Pledge of Allegiance? And they were like, what the hell? Is, what is that? Yeah, because, I you mean, they, they took it out basically yeah. based on under God, indivisible, like that right. part right there. Yeah, yeah. So Taking take, take prayer and, and God yeah. out of school. And so that's yeah. why it went out. So unless they've done something in the last few years and said, okay, we want it back in, I don't know. Okay, so she said, no, we have several that don't, but they do stand. Okay. All okay. Right. So All right. There Thanks, Kristen. Appreciate it. There it is right there, man. All right. All right. What's next in the agenda, P? Uh, ask the doctor. Ask so the doctor. This, this is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. So we got this video about this guy talking about, you know, uh, somebody mentioned to him that um, relationships are 50-50. Um, man gives 50, woman gives 50. That's, that's a successful relationship. Now, me, 
having been in a long-term 28-year marriage. I can honestly say that that 50-50 shit is a lie. It just, it has, it, two people to be successful takes 100% investment from both people. If you're only giving half of the effort that you can give and she's giving half the effort that she can give, it's going to fail. First of all, you can't even really gauge the amount of effort one person's given in regards to, to the relationship. Um, but you can damn well tell when somebody's not giving enough because that resentment forms. You start to look at all the things that you're doing and you throw that shit on the scale versus what that other person's doing and the scale's not weighing out the same. Resentment builds up and like, yo, if you're not having that conversation, your your relationship's going to fail. So, no, nah, I, there's there's no 50-50 does not work. 100-100 works. Yeah. Definitely 100-100 works because you both got to get down there in that mud and, and make that thing work, you know. And I can attest to that. Season one, yeah. we talked about seasons. Um, and that first, a little bit of that second season, yeah, it wasn't 50-50. It was definitely probably 175-ish maybe because I, yeah. I was still not totally connected to myself and what I yeah. needed to be true to. So, therefore, how could I be 100% true to her? You know what I'm saying? So, true. it was a lot, of, a lot of things that I kept, I guess, to me. And that hundred now again, I'm br- I'm bringing an effort as far as making the household work, but yeah. I think we get that conflicted with making the relationship work. Yeah, you're you're bringing in your portion of the funds that keep the lights on, so to speak, and yeah. you're doing your 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 services around the house. You know, I'm supposed to change the light bulb or take the trash out. Okay, whatever, but you're not thinking about the whole function. You know what I'm saying? The whole yeah. function is the us. So you can't really lay all of your merit on, well, you never had to tell me to, you know, hang the curtain when it fell right. down or something. Because yeah. none of that shit matters. What matters right. is, you know, are you completely being 100% involved, engaged at yeah. every tick of the clock? Invested. Even yeah. when it, it feels like it's, for me, I can I can say that, you know, when, when we were at that, she was given 100 and I was probably at that. 55 60 mark is when um she told me that you know because you don't take my opinions seriously you belittle my opinions yeah i'm like wow okay yeah i'm not i don't have both my feet into this and a lot of that like we talked about youthful ignorance um and i think that as as men we tend to resist going all in and being emotional when we need to be emotional. Part of that hundred is being emotional. Yeah. Okay. Um, showing that you have some empathy, some compassion. Um, you can, you can cry. Yeah. You know, you, you look that woman that, or that person, that significant other that you're with, if you are building a life with that person, you know, there are no, there shouldn't be any barriers up. You shouldn't be protecting yourself and only giving, just enough to get by you shouldn't be well i work every day and that's fine well more these days she's probably working too i think it's that fear as if we're giving up something you know i don't know whether that's our our 100 percent like turn it on turn it off mode where it's like okay look you know i've been actively dating since i was i don't know 15 
now yeah. I'm about to give all that up for this one woman. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can yeah. do it. It's or, that surrender. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> back know, to surrender. Like, like yeah. we talked about, you know, we talked about um, in, in, in all our groups several times, um, marriage. And we just, we joke about this. For men, all right, women know they want to get married. For men, we surrender to it. Yeah. Oh, that's for real. That's, you know. Yes. And, and and it's it's really if we do we have to surrender to it and really understand our true role in making a relationship successful. We think that we can piecemeal it. We think that well, I'm the masculine guy. I'm the protector. I'll protect. I'll provide, and that's enough. No, you got it, it's it's like the military shit. You got to have that whole person concept. Yeah. Both parties have to have that whole person concept. So fifty fifty. So no. 50-50 ain't going to fly. It's got to be 100-100. And I think you have to define exactly what that means for you. Maybe maybe it doesn't yeah. have to be something, you know, as on point like a checklist. But it's it's got to be more than, you know, I'm taking care of home. I think we all in some way, shape, or form may have used that term like, well, home's taken care of. But what does that mean? Yeah. Like, if you're not, like you said, if you're not engaging in the emotional side you're you're keeping things to yourself you're not really understanding what it is to invest in the best friend um yeah. because your best friend may be someone from your past or may just be somebody you grew up with whatever the case that's not what that means you're not forfeiting that best friend that's they still have that connection but yeah. now we're growing together we're partners we have to learn to be you know more than just partners <laughs> like cuz you start like 50, that 50 50-50 yeah. to me, you remain two separate entities. Absolutely. Ready to go you know? at, at yeah. the drop of a dime. Like, yeah. I got my shit. I think, that's, I think that's why you think about prenups, right? We always say, yeah. if, you, if you had all this money, would you get a prenup? <laughs> but by, by saying that, you're almost already buying right into what we just said. Like, I'm halfway yeah. in, I'm halfway out. Because do you only want me because I'm paid? I don't know. Right. And if I'm not paid, I know maybe I got a little bit more than you. So therefore, yeah. I want to come. I want to leave with what I have. So I want to leave what I have. You you take what you got. I really want to know what that's like when you're sitting in the in the in the lawyer's office and you you're married or you're about to get married and you right. guys are hitting boxes like, well, just know if this shit don't work, this is me. That's me. I, I mean, you, <laughs> are you okay already, after that? You've already set it up to fail. Yeah, you've already set it up to fail. That's my point. Because How does that work? You're, you're going in it. You're going in there, like you said, one foot in, one foot out. And at what point do you put both foot both feet in, you know? know and man. if you're going in there with a prenup, you're never putting that other foot in. I don't know, man. Never. Maybe if you feel like you have that much cheese, you shouldn't get married at all. And if it's if you're yeah if you're it, if you're worried about protecting your your assets to the to the point that you need a prenup, don't get married. Yeah, but we live in a day and age where to give them some benefit of the doubt, like. People are. We 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 talked about that one uh, that one baby mama, and I hate that term. In season one, there was just like racking up dough. Remember her? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then yeah. we just heard like KG this week. You know, saying his his uh, I guess about to be ex wife now. She won like two hundred thousand dollars a month to maintain her lifestyle. Jesus, oh. I'm like, want to not get married? Two hundred thousand a, a month? Like yeah. Bro, yeah. what child, okay, and what mother? I don't care how many kids you got. It's yeah. spending two hundred thousand dollars a month. What is the lifestyle? What is the lifestyle? 
Like, what does that now, even mean? In regards to that in relationships, now, successful relationships start off with the most genuine intentions, and you grow into your roles. You make 100% investment into the growth of that relationship. The relationship you just described, <laughs> that's a come up. <laughs> Nothing more than a come up. Nothing more. I'm going to do some time with this dude because I know he's making millions and I'm a press. I'm out. Yeah, man. That's true. Have a kid. Blake Griffin. You talking about Blake Griffin is like. Oh, that was. Remember, that situation. was her. She had like yeah. three. She had like three baby daddies. Blake was Blake one Griffin's of them. one. Yeah. Uh, old dude. Old dude. He used to play for the Cardinals. Matt Liner is one of the baby daddies. <laughs> wow. All right, so man. That's... She's, she's, a, she's a millionaire for 18 months worth of work. That's unacceptable, man. So anyway. All right, so fifty fifty out the door. We 50, both 50, agree. One hundred definitely has to be. All right, what's part two? Of the All right, so doctor? I'm gonna I'm gonna describe. Or you got one woman uh, in this this meme that we we sent and we posted on our IG. Um, one woman is all as they say thought it out. Um, she got the fishnet gear on, uh, revealing every part of her her being. And then there's another. She's dressed, she's looking very demure, professional. It's a man's job to respect women, but it's a woman's job to give him something to respect. Now, um, Amber said, a man should always respect a woman whether she respects herself or not. Myself, this is something that I told my son a long, long time ago. You respect women, but you don't respect the ones that don't respect themselves. To me, you don't put you don't put somebody on a pedestal who's demeaning themselves. So to me, this is like way way too. I'm not saying now. I'm not saying disrespect her outwardly. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you know you see that thought and she's doing her thing that you treat her like shit. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, you don't put her in a place that she has not. Put herself in. I think we would have to define, like, in the terms of this scenario, what right. is considered respect. Because disrespect anybody by just calling them a name, well, right. you're doing just that. True. You're disrespecting True. them. But very, I'm saying. Very good point. Very good point. I'm saying, like, so. So, so is it in the is it in the terms that are used when approaching? Like, again, if. Would you come up and say, excuse me, ma'am, excuse me, miss lady? Or are you just like, yo, what's good? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What you on? Like, because right. a lot of women find that is disrespect. But if, here's my thing, and we've talked about this, right? So a woman's body is hers, and it's hers. She can she can carry herself and do what she wants with that. Very no true. no very guy very has true. the right to take, take yeah. advantage of her. But then again, okay, and you're prepping and you're planning for whatever events you're about to attend, right? What does your attire say about you? And so what? So then my point goes to what am I respecting? Am I respecting your look? Damn, baby got this, baby got that. Okay. Right. Or am I like, yeah, she's somebody I'm going to take home to mama. Like, what is respect and what are we talking about? Right. Because I think yeah. you want those hits. Women have a funny way of saying they don't want the attention, but doing opposite. And again, I'm not trying to class yeah. them all. But if I'm wearing actions are, are 
are, are opposite of your words. If you're wearing something revealing like that, you know good and well, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get approached by gentlemen. Right. Right? <laughs> no. Like, no. You're not no. going to get that you're type not. of treatment based yeah. on a certain type of attire. Now, I could yeah. just be way, way just overlooking what the real question is, but I'm really trying to get to the root of what is what is the respect? Like, disrespectfulness doesn't have anything to do with the way you look. That's like something in somebody's character. So if right. every woman to me is a bitch or a hoe or whatever other word I want to use is inappropriate, that has nothing to do with you wearing a certain thing. You can be a business in a business suit, a lawyer, a nurse, whatever, and you still... Doing your thing after dark. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm just saying, like, when a man doesn't have that clicking in his mind, every right. woman is a derogatory word, regardless. Yeah. So the respect has nothing necessarily to do with that position. I'm talking about if you're wearing and carrying yourself a certain way and I don't address you as ma'am, I don't yeah. address you as Miss Lady, I don't say the, the appropriate words, are you then trying to say I'm disrespectful and I'm not yeah. respecting you as a woman? Like, yeah, so, I, it's hard to deal with. <laughs> I so don't really know. Let's, let's say for the sake of argument, this is all about appearance sake. Okay, what you see, what, what, you, what you are... The advertisement that you are given. Okay. You make a judgment call. All right. Okay. You see one dotted out, and you see one that's all cleaned up, okay. nice, she carries herself well. For all intents and purposes, what we have come to learn in the world that we live in, especially the so the social world that we live in, one is advertising one thing, meanwhile the other is advertising another. And we usually judge and act accordingly. Yeah. You know? Shallowness will show. Right. Yeah. We Absolutely. we see one that's nice and cleaned up. We kind of like, okay, let me stand up straight. Let me, you know, look the part. Let me approach her based on what I see, the, the optics. This is what, yeah. this the, the line, I shoot it this way. But if you see one that's on the other end of the spectrum, you're like, first of all, this is usually, a, damn, she came out here to get the business. Something like that. Like I said, shallowness right. will play, but then yeah. we have to we have to really be careful with the double-edged sword because yeah. as a woman will pose this and say a woman should be respected all the time, I swear 99 times out of 100, I'll leave one for the one woman that doesn't care. I'll say 99 times out of 100. If I am dressed clean, cut, shaven, I'm looking right, a woman might approach me. If I'm bummed out, I don't look like I'm carrying myself, I don't look like I got no money, are you going to come up and talk to me in an establishment? Yeah. yeah. Let's just be real. No. Okay, let's see what Krista no, says. Krista says, what if she needs someone to help her see her worth? By disrespecting, you're just confirming the bad thoughts she has about her self-image or whatever it may be. If you have always heard something point. about yourself, you begin to believe it. Okay. Very good point. Very good point. You begin to believe it, but whose job? It's not as if I am sent, you know, a message from a raven that it's my job to help you see yeah. what you need to see to become a better person. What yeah. what can happen in this situation is an individual can attempt to speak with you and then therefore you have to see your own. I can't I tell this to my, my kid all the time. I can't love you more than you love yourself. I can't. Because when when I spend all of my time, energy, and effort trying to get you to see what I want out of you, you still have that same image of what you want out of you. And yeah. if that's what you want at this phase of your life, I can't defeat that. And the expectations are unrealistic. No one can live for somebody else's expectations. They've no. got to establish their own. Yes. You know, and, and in regards to 
someone's self view. Good point, Krista. Maybe she does need to to you know somebody to help her learn her self worth. But we're talking we're usually, we're talking adults here, and usually the person that they are, yeah, they don't want to stray too far from that. And this is investment. Like if I see you yeah. in one night. Let's not pretend like tomorrow you're different. Like, so something, some sparks have to fly and then there's some type of relationship that is then established that will go forward and maybe over time, you know, we get to a breaking point. But in one night, when you're doing what you're doing to prepare yourself to go out and I'm doing what I'm doing to prepare myself to go out in two different worlds and then we happen to meet on the same path, neither one of us came there preparing to save the other. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. That 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 was that wasn't in the cards. It wasn't in the game plan. So right. you know, that, that that to me is a difficult proposition to look for. First of all, I, I I don't subscribe to anyone looking for a savior. You you can to me you can only save yourself. Yes. You know you got to start with yourself. You got to figure out your own self worth. Uh, now you may find somebody, men and women, men and women. Let's just just put it you know plainly. Um, our self worth is established by us. Now it may be reinforced by our significant other, the person we choose to share space with. Yes. You know, but we establish our own self-worth first and foremost. It cannot come from someone else because then when that person leaves your space, then what are you going to do? You're going to look for the next person to give you your self-worth. And and at no time you ever establish your own. Yeah. And I mean, Gary comes in, he says that, uh, you know, to his, basically to his knowledge, a lot of people dress for a specific response and we're not going to pretend like, you know what I'm saying? Let's all be single for a minute. When when guys going out, they're getting fly, putting on their cologne, cracking on their boys or whatever. He's like, man, you still ain't looking like shit. You ain't getting nobody tonight. Meanwhile, yeah. in the other room, <laughs> ladies is like, shit. You know what I'm saying? They doing their thing, looking at their pictures, taking their little duck lips. They're like, look, I'm out here. I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? I got saying? to get mine. I'm I getting something. Get and and yeah. that's, that's the world that we live in more often than not. But then when a, a certain response or certain comment is made and it's not the one that you wanted or wasn't expecting or just caught you off guard then we find ourselves where we're here right now and we're discussing or, respect or that comment did not come from the person that you would have wanted uh, it to come well from. of course it's always there yeah it's yeah, always that's usually, that. that that's usually that's usually a catalyst like i don't want that motherfucker who the fuck you think you're talking to now dress the part look the part smell the part he says some off the wall shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's funny, but at the same time, we have to talk about whole person all the time concept. Because when I say right. that, yeah. I'm saying yeah. the same things that we'll peg people for. We see on social media, we see them on TV, and we'll call them a name. Then come the weekend, and you do the exact same thing, right? Thinking that some kind of different there, different action is going to happen. There, That's there's insane. One, there's one standard. There's one <laughs> yeah. standard. And you can't you can't dance with it when you want to dance with it. It's yeah. got to be all the time or nothing, right? It's, it's, it's I not think about so. our convenience. It's it's not about convenience. It can't be. Well, it's convenient for me to criticize now, but this weekend I'm going to dress the part, and it'll be convenient for me to look that way. Yes, we're all human. We've all been there. But I have two sons, so primarily I'm talking to my oldest son. I tell him all the time, if there's an image that you have in your mind or something inappropriate that you think you may need to say just because you want to be one of the cool kids. Think about your sister. Think about your mother. Think yeah. about your grandmother. Is that something that you would allow or something that you would 
would would hear and not make a the appropriate action to if somebody was talking about those individuals. And if yeah. your answer is, well, no, I wouldn't like that, then therefore that's what you need to check yourself before you say or do no because your friends are saying or doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. uh and again, we've all been I was a young boy, then I was a young man, then I was an adult. I've been in all of those moments, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm not afraid to shoot call. I'm looking for the holes tonight. I'm looking for the wind. And, and <laughs> but as I you grow old, you, I'm, ra- I'm yeah, raising my hand. As you I, get I older, know. I'm like, I got a 15 year old daughter now, right? Yeah. And it, I'm it, fear it, for it, my it, life. It changes your perspective. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, it does. does. Hell it yeah, changes. it does. But, you looking at it like, nah. Mm. That's what. <laughs> that's one of the first indications of, of damn, I'm old. Yeah. I'm no, it's not just that you're old. You're responsible. You're responsible. You realize, you realize the enormity of the situations. You can empathize with the situation and see how bad it is. You have a point of comparison. You yes. see your daughter, like, that's sacred. You know, and, and there's no way you I'm want okay with that. your no. child placed in a situation like that. You know, Absolutely so um, women, look, you, you do you, all right? I, I will say, women, you you. Do whatever you feel that you want to do for yourself. Um, but don't always look at every guy and instantly assume the wrong thing about him. And I'll, you know? I'll further that and say, do you and carry yourself however you may want to carry yourself each and every day. But at yeah. the same token, okay, the same token, understand you're not on a, a level field where everybody sees everything the same way. Some some men, some women don't even have their mindset to what respect is. So that's yeah. one thing. But more importantly than that, even further than that, is don't then know how you dressed in your mind, already gave it life when you were in your house dressing that way before you yeah. left, and then get hit in the face when you get out and somebody says exactly what you said. Yeah. Shit, I'm looking, I'm looking yeah. hoish tonight, bitch, or whatever. We're about to get it. <laughs> and then somebody was like, well, damn, look at that hoe over there. And then you mad. Come on, man. That motherfucker, he called me a hoe. I'm, you caught yourself a hoe 30 minutes back. Yeah, I'm twerking. I'm thoughting something tonight. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, yeah. You don't say that over here. Then you right. hear it out here, and it's an do issue. Not, do not create a double standard. Yeah. Do not create a double standard. Because then you're sending mixed messages. You know, you look in one way, not to say that because you are dressed like a whore that you are one right we're not saying that we are not saying that right we are not saying that that does not but, go hand in hand but at the yeah. same time somebody is th- is thinking that right nobody goes out in a club in burlap sacks man nobody goes yeah. out to the club and wears like the jeans that really fit no <laughs> we know what's going on but at the same time understand that is the, also the atmosphere because you can always adjust yeah. You were a certain way when you were in your 20s. You were a certain way in your 30s. Maybe when you're you're older, you're like, I don't even go to those establishments more. Yeah. I don't need to get dressed that way to feel a certain way no more. I don't because, need that attention. I don't yeah, need that I don't need that attention. And we yeah. all want attention, man. Dudes that lift weights, we wear the shirts as tight. We want to, you know what I'm saying? Get the guns pumping a little bit, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but... We know what that's gonna do too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. come on, man. We we all we all I guess in the, in that way we're all searching and living for likes. They just and not social it, likes. Like <laughs> we, talk, we talked about before in previous episodes. We create who we are. Men create who the women are that they see. Some man has probably objectified that woman, and she got to the point where she was comfortable with it. And yeah. This is how she dresses. 
And and guys, we become who a lot of women, you know, the women that kind of shape us are the ones that give us that that the most attention in our formative years. Yeah. Oh, she like the way I look in this shirt. She like the way I look. Loves this cologne. This kind of thing. So that shapes our early impression of ourselves. But it's up to us to grow beyond that shit. It's, it's up to women to grow beyond looking <laughs> like a thought. Be comfortable with who they are. You don't have to advertise all your parts. Basically, Proc just admitted to still wearing cool water on that. <laughs> Actually, I did, man. I did. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, Gino said he still got some cool water. Yeah, Gino probably do. Okay. That's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Jump into this second installment of News News, man. Let's go. All right. All right, uh, news, news, the second one. So, all right, I don't know shit about playing bridge, man. I know how to play spades. I know how to play dominoes. I know how to play poker, shit like that. I guess that there's professional leagues for all of these things, right? Okay. So I, 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 I get this in my news feed. This was actually in my Apple news feed, man, that the number one bridge player in the, in the world has just been suspended <laughs> for PED use. Well. <laughs> for, for, yeah, for PED use. I can't, I can't, I can't, um, I, I have no words. <laughs> well, he used to play cards. Well, here's the thing, man. Where there's a will, there's a way. And what that means is if I'm a play, I'm trying to win. So you, I guess you got to think of it like this. <clears throat> like guys that play in a World Series of Poker. Right. Please tell me. Well, what I'm saying is <laughs> that is a that is a mind drag. Yeah. So you're right. in that mode, poker mode, guessing odds, playing pause odds for hours and hours and hours. And I think it's yeah. probably just strenuous. And so this version of PED, I would say, would probably be something that either gave him more focus. A yeah, a stimulant. Yeah, or yeah. something because... Man, like I've played in tournaments that only last, you know, a few hours. But these these poker tournaments, the big ones for for millions, this shit lasts a week, yeah. and it's like eight ten hours a day that you just man playing with numbers and all that other shit. So it's probably like you know some kind of ADHD type thing. Like I need wow. to focus, man. I got to bring it down. But that shit is yeah. funny when you hear it because you're like, like, like what? Yeah, what 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 are you taking? Because we we I go mean, to the raw sports, right? Like, right, Are yeah, you yeah. are you juicing? Are you steroid? Steroids or something? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but when I when I saw it, I was like, this was my first question. What the fuck does he need peds for to play cards he's got to focus man i i think it's all about the, the the mental anguish that it is and so he probably has an edge because you know he's able to do it longer i mean that's that's really what yeah. happens like a lot well, of people you go to tournaments at, in, yeah. in people's houses and they be like i'm just tired of playing and they start doing dumb shit you know well, and that's how it works they listeners what what you have just witnessed you have just witnessed co turn news news into news yeah man that's what he, it is. He, he he took the dumbness he took the, the stupidity off of news news in that segment right there because i only saw it from the what the fuck was he taking what well that's because what? i want to play you poker to cars out you, you need to get the cars out faster what i, <laughs> what? <laughs> I kind of want to play poker professionally you know oh okay when i retire like something yeah. on the side i mean i won't yeah you know make it my full-time job but i wouldn't mind getting sponsored put up halves and get get the rest, and then go play in the tournament in Vegas and see how I do. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I used to be big into it when you could do it online and play for money. 
Um, but President Bush, he uh, kind of nixed that way back in the way back. So it's right. been a while. It's been a while, man. Taking PEDs possibly for working out versus British playing. And that was John. Um, <laughs> all right, man. So now we're going to jump into the TPD. But there there is more news news. And trust me, the last one is always the worst one. But anyway. Always. Before it's we get always, to that. Always the worst one. So. All right, our TPD. I'm going to read this statement from Charles Barkley, and that's this pretty much is the the genesis of uh, of our TPD. Okay, we are black people. We're never going to be successful, not because of you white people, but because of other black people. It's a dirty, dark secret. You know, when you are uh, there, are young black kids doing well in school, uh, the loser kids tell them, "Oh, you're acting white." For some reason, we are brainwashed to think if you're not a thug or an idiot, you're not black enough. And our question was, how do you feel about this and is it true? So, there's several things that I have to say about this. Because I was one mm-hmm. of those kids that was picked on for yeah. for having a backpack and having all my books and all that other shit. You know, nowadays, when backpacks are glorified and looked at as the cool thing, they don't have a fucking one book in the bag, but everybody right. has to finish their, their outfit off with some kind of backpack. Back yeah. in the day, you were looked at as a geek, as a nerd, or I'm just going to say it, I was a white black boy. I was an Oreo. Yeah. Um, and so, but again, I was raised in a, in a part of town where my the skin is super thick, right? So, I mean, they would joke me and shit like that, but at the same time, I still fit in. I was still a cool kid. I was just doing it different than them. So I didn't, right. I didn't have that that negativity factor. But then I flipped the script and I said this before, I actually started calling my sister that because what I seen there, my sister changed her approach to me. Like I was like, you sound different. You talk different. Like I never did any of that. Yeah. I had my books and shit. And so I felt bad for calling her out on those things. And as I look at this, you know, this is more than just people hating on people. I think we do in a sense you know, we, we get to a position in life where we start leveling ourselves, right? And it's like, okay, maybe here's all I'm going to achieve, right? Yeah. But who around me from the same area around me is doing more than me, right? Right. And then, and then I think this becomes a holdback period because you're like, dude, you want to be a lawyer? Okay, that sounds cool, but ain't nobody going to go through all that school. Oh, you want to be a doctor? Yeah. yeah, that sounds cool, but hey, believe me, that's cool. I, I, you know what I'm saying? You know, when I uh, I I was that little skinny kid, uh, mini afro glasses, been wearing glasses my whole entire life, and um, I'd been called nerds and all this other stuff when I was a little kid. Um, I mean, it really didn't bother me. School came easy to me, but this is when I really got the you acting white, you acting white. I mean, as long as I stayed in my my world. Right, my South Side Chicago neighborhood, it was never a, a, an issue of, you know, you're anything more than than a little nerd. You got your glasses, big ears, afro. You know, you always got a book, whatever. Um, and I, I never saw it as as anybody looking at looking at me as anything more than, oh, you're the rare smart kid in the neighborhood. You know, and that was pretty much it. This is when I got the you sound white, you act white, you do this. You know, you know, is after. I went home after I came to the military, after I joined the Air Force, and I went home. And um, yeah, I'd been gone a few years. Yes. And that's when I got the, you, only, you sound different. You act different. You dress different. You know about 
wine, you know about food. You act white. Yeah, I did receive some ridicule too, similar to that, because like they was like, oh, that military didn't change you, that military didn't mold you. Yeah. But it wasn't like from a positive place. Like, man, yeah, right. I'm, I'm glad you yeah. got away from this. It was more yeah. like, oh yeah. shit, man, ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. Shit, them motherfuckers. Like, and like, I'm sitting there thinking like, well, any job's gonna tell you what to do. Yeah. So you, you ain't fi- signing the checks. You're not signing the checks. Somebody telling you what to do. Yeah. You find you find yourself trying to, and, and it's sad. But you, you, you find yourself trying to debunk the statement when in all actuality, the truth in the statement is really just like, no, I bettered myself. Because sounding yeah. white is just something that's loosely thrown out there that yeah. basically says you're different than us now. Right. But the truth is yeah. this. Being educated sounds different. So Very different. Very, you very, can give that what color you want to give it. But if you're yeah. only breaking it down to a color, that's that's then saying that you believe only people of the Caucasian race are educated and yeah. everybody else is an imbecile. Why why yeah. how can you not make that correlation? Because I'm saying like so if we speak a certain way and we have a certain lingo and a certain dialect, that's just that's just where we're from. But that has right. nothing to do with using proper sentences because but there's a time and place. You, a lot of things you know come it, a lot of things come about when you are exposed to so much more than your humble beginnings. Uh, when you see the world in a much broader picture, you're exposed to so many different things. You talk to different people. You learn so much about life in general. And, and in turn, you learn about yourself. Um, and the, the, the first thing that I realized when I went back home and I started to hear all that stuff is these people have never, ever left South Side of Chicago. Yes. They don't know anything else. Yes. This is it. And I may sound different. And the first near limited amount of thinking instantly equates it to sounding white. Like you just articulated. You know, intelligence, intelligence can come from anywhere. It can be any color. It's not relegated to just white people, Chinese people, Japanese people, whatever. It can, it could be, it, it's intelligence is not exclusive to one, one skin color one nationality, one race, you know, and, and it's troubling. This is a true statement that Charles Barkley made. It is. It's a yeah. very, very true statement. Um, and, and it's something that we as black people, uh, I guess we can attribute it to the Willie Lynch theory. You know, you, you pit us against each other and yeah. you'll keep us, you'll keep us relegated to a certain station in life. Well, what you find when you go back to where you're from and somebody makes that comment to you is that they're just playing into the generational and systemic disadvantage because you're supposed to basically only amount to a couple things coming from where we're from. Yeah. Either you're going to be a criminal, either you're going to be, you know what I'm saying, in jail, you're going to be a father of multiple kids. Like these are the, these are the, the overarching achievements i guess if you want to say yeah. something silly like that and so when you're outside uh, of the, the norm the, the best that you could do was the post office that, yeah that was like yo that motherfucker came up he works at the post office or working for you know gm or something when they were still yeah. around hiring everybody yes. out of high school yeah back in the day if you were making 18 dollars an hour right out of high school like you were looked at as making it now we yeah. know 18 dollars an hour today ain't much of shit but what what's funny about certain things, and of course, there's a lot of things that play into that. You know, you got you got to think about the economy. You got to think about inflation. I get it. But what what that was, 
what that was saying clear into our face, you know, in the 70s, 80s, hell even to the 90s, is there's going to be a working class man. Yeah. That working class man will have a, a high school education. And after that, there's going to be business owners. And after that, there's going to be doctors. And after that, it's going to be lawyers. Who <laughs> did you yeah. most likely have a chance of becoming? Yeah. The working class man taking right. the, the orders. working class man because in 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 our environment what we saw was the pinnacle was the working class man. Okay. We saw the criminal, we saw the drug dealer, we saw the baby mama, well the the, yeah. the father with multiple kids, we saw the street bums, the street hustlers. We saw all of this stuff. And those things were normal because we saw so much it was normalized. And to even think Oh, you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could do all of these things. It's like ah, that, that shit was an afterthought. It was an afterthought. So we were we have been born and bred to perpetuate that stereotype. Yeah, and just become you know? the just become I guess just just amount to something, but that something doesn't have a definition. You know? I, amount, I guess that's amount where I can to, to the, the least common denominator in society. Give one me, of the least. Give me one second. Hey, Gary, can you, can you uh, I guess, clarify both of your last two questions? I don't really know what part you picked up on because he's got okay. two questions, so I'm going to let him, you know, come back okay. in and, and help. Okay. But, but no, so, you know, that whole thing, like, I find it, it is true. So what happens then, because here's the other side of that story, what we tend to overlook. If a kid in the inner city is a ball player, right? And they know good and damn well going to that Catholic school on the other side of town or right on the outside of where you live is going to help them get to college. Then it's like they get a pass. Now, they definitely are going to, I'm using quotations loosely, sound white, be around all white people. I was watching the shop the other day and LeBron talking about how him and his boys leaving Akron, they were now going to an all white school. They were like, they felt like the outcasts. Everybody liked them because they were right. going to you know do good things for the for the team but they never felt like they were you know a part of that that whole thing so yeah. in, in that way you know what i'm saying his boys didn't ridicule him though you know they, they were like hey yeah. man do that shit that's good so I, I find that the culture can shift and be yeah yeah it, it, it can it, it can be on your side and it's like it's all good hey man you go into that school that's good for you and then it's like you can be ridiculed when you're in our school's doing better than us now you're yeah. you know you're acting white so i mean when when i got into high school um i was never involved in gangs any of that kind of shit and the gang members in my neighborhood they knew i was in school doing my thing and and they loved it they loved it they supported that you know it's when like you said when we were removed from it because look let's 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 be honest here we can't stay in that environment and with the expectation of being where we are now in our lives. Yes, that's I, true. I, I, I truly, I truly believe that we we have to leave that to realize that we can be more. Okay. So yeah. his questions were when when you were talking about uh, like the backpacks and you carrying your books and things like that, and then yeah. the stereotype was you know you're acting white because you're not like us right now. Um, right. But so he was like, you know, are kids more worried about dressing the part or taking care of business? And honestly, I think when you go to so when you go to a school that is 
disadvantaged, okay? It's disenfranchised. You know, yeah. I remember my, my elementary school got better in middle school. My elementary school, man, we didn't have nothing. We were broke as hell. And so when all these kids flood into this, it's almost like everybody starts to align with their races. Predominantly black, so we yeah. had way more in the school, but then there was the white group over here. Every now yeah. and then they would mingle and come across. But they looked a certain way, we looked a certain way. And it wasn't about who was the thug side and who was the, the clean cut side. It was just like they did things differently than us. They wore different clothes than us. Yeah. So what the then issues became as little kids growing up, not having all the sense in the world that you need, it was like a Jenkins session. Like, look at this corny ass dude. Since right. when since when you start wearing that? Since when you like those shoes? Like something petty. Like you just find a way yeah. to align line your friends or somebody else with the others, <laughs> you know. So it's kind of goofy, but I mean that's what you see in the neighborhood, you know what I mean? Growing up, because yeah. we all act and sound and move alike, you know. So yeah. if you get a friend, I mean, I remember that's what got me robbed basically when I was uh, what made me join the Air Force. That and we told that story before, but they felt that when I went to college, I joined a basketball team that I was different at that point. I yeah. no longer was representing where I was from, and I was putting my new friends that happened to not look like them before them, and yeah. apparently that was not, that didn't go over well, and then I come home from a basketball trip, my whole apartment's ransacked or whatever. Now, that was super petty. That's what they chose to do, but I don't know, man. It's just weird growing up in a black community, bro. It's, that's yeah, just how I, it is, you know? But but you know when you're, you're in it, and anybody that's all right, I'll speak for me. Until I left, that was my world. I thought everybody lived that way. All right, I, I, any anything, any other myths or um, notions that I had were formed off of rumor or something I saw off TV. Yes. When I left, that's when everything kind of changed. And and to to I'm gonna try to answer Gary's first question. Back when I was in school, man, we were so broke. I I, I was in hand-me-downs. I, I wasn't worried about, you know, having the right kind of shoes. Now, that's not to say that I, I didn't want the right shoes. I didn't want the right pants, the polo shirts, all that. Wanted all of that stuff. We were broke. I couldn't afford that stuff. But I wasn't the only one that was broke that right. couldn't afford it. Right. You know, so um, we we tend to do more damage to each other than the world outside of, of our our community, our yes. black community. Yes. You know, and and it's unfortunate that we 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 want to hang stigmas that speak more to insecurity than confidence, than support, than yes. uh, encouragement, than motivation. Yes. We would rather hang that negative stereotype around somebody's neck that's doing something well, this this setting an example right. for other people. Yeah. Hang that that negative noose around their necks to to make ourselves feel better, right? You know, oh, you sound you you, know, you sound white. Oh, fuck it. What? What, what? <laughs> what is that? What? I'm I'm being persecuted because I sound intelligent, right? Because he he then goes to say his question was, don't you have a choice of doing good in school or not? And so, you don't necessarily yes. get ridiculed for doing good. It's like, it's like everybody's taking basic classes and then they find out that you're an AP something. Or they yeah. find out you're, you're in college prep something. Then that's smart, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that's smart. Yeah, then you're, you're, all, you're all of it. So now, it's, yes, the choice still remains yours, Gary. First and foremost, 
that choice, it, it's that person's. But this is where I would say the influence affects us. When you see five or six people that have always been your peers yeah. and they find out you're in those AP courses and all five or six of them, they come down on you, giving you shit, giving you grief about being in those AP courses. Oh, you, you, you know, Mr. Smarty Pants, you that smart nigga, all that kind of stuff. Right. When you are an un- insecure child teenager, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah, well, you, if they're not, you side with your social circle. Yeah, you revert to what they want you to be, which is just yeah. like them. Or, but yeah. but again, you know, every every flower doesn't blossom the same way, even though right. it's of the same breed, you know. So you have to think about that too, because a lot of kids would like ridicule. As I got older, right, I started wearing nicer clothes, better shoes, but they thought that was a product of my mom and dad just giving me money and I'm going to the mall. What they didn't yeah. know is I worked my ass off all summer with my grandfather and my dad and uncles and everybody else and I stacked up my money. And so therefore I was like, well I don't have to JC Penny shop this year. I don't have to go yeah. get, you know what I'm saying, whatever jeans, Arizona jean company. I can get Levi's. <laughs> I got some bread. Hey, I can I can yeah. sit here and manage my money a little bit and say, look, I can afford these J's that are $125 back then, that type of thing. Yeah. But they didn't see the work that I was putting in either. Right. So then I was ridiculed. Oh, smart dude. Got the, he ain't from the hood. You know what I'm saying? Hood dudes ain't. I'm like, that shit is ridiculous and not true. Y'all, I ride the same damn bus. Yeah. <laughs> I sit in the same damn seats with y'all every morning, but you know it's just something to to rank on. And I think what's different, what we're not putting into this because it's not the main topic, is that we were different kids back then. We had thicker skin. We could we could hear these things and it not drive us to the point of what kids are facing now. Because now kids break down, they yeah. they feel call it getting bullied and all these other things. And before you know it, you you know a kid is thinking about killing themselves because they can't take all this talk. We were just seeing them as jokes. I'm like, yeah, I'm smart. I'm going to make something of myself. Oh, well. Our social circles were five people. Yeah. Well, now you're talking about social media. Those uh, circles are so huge now. They may may get ridiculed from people they've never met face to face. Mm -hmm. You know, so and and it, it to me, it go back to the question of are we damaging each other that way? Sure we are. You know, because you want to be, as somebody from the South Side of Chicago, I want to feel like that I'm some level of an example. I'm not rich. I'm not wealthy. But I've realized some level of success and success is relative to the person like we always talk about. Right. I would love to be an example for, for somebody back, you know, where I grew up. Yes. I, I think know, but, that that's valid. But, but you bad. know, every time, every time that a, that a me goes back, or you goes back, or Gary goes back home, there's five or six others that are talking these very kids down that we can influence, talking them back down. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Who, who, he don't even live here. What the fuck does he know? So, no, this is what I do know. Everybody, everybody that I grew up in, the, in the neighborhood that I grew up, knowing what I know, anybody can get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he says, you know, what he doesn't understand is the ones that, that do all of the ridiculing and the ones that make all the jokes when they don't pan out too much. Um, they grow up and find themselves blaming society for everything. No doubt. And no doubt. But yeah, the truth yeah. be told, when it comes to that, I mean, you know, I actually said this to work 
at work today. I think he was there. There's always going to be a reason to bitch, moan, and complain as a human being. That's what people yeah. do. So, yeah, yeah they yeah. they squander, you know, their chances of success. They do a whole bunch of things that, that make it more difficult for them to, to have a chance of doing well. And then 5, 10, 15 years later, you know, it's the system. It's the whatever you want to throw at it. And yeah. that's that's what... The difference is when I say all the flowers that may look alike don't always bloom the same because there's going to be one or two to get the right sunshine, to get the right nurturing, yeah. and they're going to do what they need to do, and they'll grow. The other ones, yeah. same opportunity, same chances, but they decided not to show their face, and they and now you know, it's 20 years too late, you know? Gary, to that me, type of thing. Gary, Gary, this is why I think that they blame the system. They blame others. They blame anybody they can point to. Um the ugliest truth for any individual is the truth that applies to them. That's real. That's real. And not everybody ever wants to look in that mirror and say, yo, I'm 25 and I've been fucking up for 20 years. Yep. Yep. Or you find yourself in, yeah. a, in a demographic. I'm 25 yeah. and I don't have a college degree. Uh, I've had two kids by two different women um i work a yeah. part-time job you're like damn like and instead of fighting good. instead of fighting all of these stereotypes that when we are kids we identify and we know we don't like we further perpetuate them yeah you that's, know that's the truth. because one thousand instead of, of of using using those things as motivators to move beyond we succumb to them we perpetuate them we live them. We reinforce them. They become part of who we are, yeah. and that—that's the unfortunate part of. To me, I can't speak for for the you know the, the 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 white community that lives in trailers. I can't speak for them. I can only speak for inner city kids, black kids, brown kids like me yeah. that that have grown up with nothing, and have seen these these stereotypes perpetuate themselves. All of those things I used as motivators to yeah. get me the hell out of there to create a better life for myself. Um, and every time that I heard you sound white, I didn't take that statement as anything more than you're doing something right. Right. Because a lot of things happen. And, and all that you just said right now is a lot of things that happen because you said you can't speak to individuals that are white in trailers. So I guarantee you when, you know, one of your friends or somebody you was rolling with back then said you sound white, they were not talking about poor white people living in trailers. No. So what? If, so what they've done then is given that de that definition, like I said earlier, that only educated people look white and they have a certain image in their mind. But yeah. there are poor white people. There are super super wealthy black individuals that sound like us because yeah. they never change themselves. They just made it off of their craft. My point is because you don't want to be you know, left alone or feel alone, <laughs> right? Yeah. You try to make somebody feel bad and hope that they get back on that same side as you and then therefore I'm, gonna, I'm not walking by to, myself. I need to make you feel how I want you to feel yes. so that I feel better about myself. Absolutely. I need to bring you back to my level because I obviously can't ascend to where you are. Yep. We see it in movies. You we know. see it portrayed in TV shows. And it's something that I think is trying to make us aware of what's going on, but... Yeah. I don't think it always does that because we just kind of nod our head and be like, yep, that's true. But you don't see what they're trying to portray. Like, right. you know, I tell my son all the time, man, like, 
you're you're kind of on the other side of the fence because you haven't went to schools with a lot of individuals that look like you, right? Right. So in a way, you fall into the other stereotype. This kid's going to be an athlete or he ain't going to make it because of yeah. the way he's been with his grades, the way he's been carrying himself his entire academic career. It is never yeah. said that I care about academics more than I care about athletics. So these teachers, I'm telling you, I was like, son, they will never probably tell it to you, to your face. But I, I guarantee you they like, this kid don't get it together and, and at least pull his grades, I don't know what he's going to be in 10 years because yeah. he damn sure ain't going to make it you know, to college unless he's got a, a football in his hand. And if they take that away from him, what is he going to be? Because yeah. that's the other side of the house. The other yeah. side, the other stereotype is you could be that only minority kid in here and they know that you're here for a reason. And that right. reason is whatever sport you play. But they don't really tend to give a shit about your education. Let's just make sure he stays on the team. Yeah. The rest will figure itself out. And once we got that championship out of you, you go on to college and whatever else may come, on to the next one. Yeah. It, on to, it, and it, LeBron, it then, LeBron talks about that it, in his shot. That's the it way then he becomes. Felt. It then becomes your your intellectual growth becomes somebody else's problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, step, every step of the way, you're going to get protected yep. because of, of your physical prowess. You're going to get protected and nurtured and pushed through the system as long as you physically you can you can continue to, to physically produce but you're left on the, the side of the road from an educational and an intellectual an intellectual standpoint I mean, which is unfortunate oh yeah 11th grader reading at a sixth grade level how'd, yeah. you, how'd you get here yeah. we see we see we've seen it historically in sports um but but that that this is where that ties into to our main topic um, we can do better to encourage each other to do better. Yeah. You know, um, we can, like you said, we can, we can talk shit about each other and joke and, and all of that. But, and we have over the years, we've cracked on each other in our office here, but we've always encouraged each other to do better. Right. You know, we've provided each other with, with various ex- examples of success that the other one can strive for. We've never ever limited each other as far as giving each other advice on investing, home buying, whatever. Anything that we've been able to do to make each other better, we've done that. But that's not a prevailing theme in the black neighborhood. It's not. So and that's the unfortunate part. And I think there's a, a little bit more that goes along with that because we always have that same justification that school systems are 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 not created equally. And we know that. But we then yeah. think about how we, we go about it. If you raise in the hood, you make it out the hood, you're not looking to run back into the hood, right? So Damn right. with that said, you have to think about how can you help these schools get better? I think it's it's huge, like, you know, when people have that philanthropist, you know, that bone in their body like LeBron, and he's building schools and helping. Because if you come from something and you know you can't do everything to change it by yourself, then do what you can. You know, yeah. put money back into the system because the truth and the reality is those kids that, that you graduated with and they didn't go anywhere, more than likely they having kids and they putting them right back into the system. So we can't keep using that, that same, you know, steady justification like, well, it's not fair. The school systems ain't the same. They don't do this and that. You go to the school you go to. You know what I'm saying? But we have to do better as parents and, and go beyond that. School isn't going to teach you everything. We got to help educate these kids at home, starting yeah. with, with the parents, starting with the siblings. You know, you got to do more than just, hey, I was in class for eight hours. What did you learn today? That's, that's not where education starts and stops. 
You know what I'm saying? So, as a whole, you know, in all of the impoverished parts of the country, I'm not just talking black, I'm talking white, I'm talking Hispanic, whatever. We have to build off of each other. I don't expect the one kid that made it out that's now an NFL player to come back and be able to do everything by himself and build a new school. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But what I am saying, come back, raise some funds, you know, start some charities, whatever, and put that back into the school. Helped by, you know, now it ain't even textbooks. Now it's iPads and shit like that. What I'm saying is you can make that old building fresh again. You can upgrade its parts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the, the bottom line is, Hoods are going to be hoods till there are no more hoods, right? And that's yeah. never going to be ever. And, and, and there, <laughs> you're not going to change that. Many, yeah, there's too many moving parts involved in the hood being a hood. Yeah, you're never you know, you're for, never going to change it. You know? Yeah, you you can't you can't undo that. Yeah. But what you can do is, and, and to me, it's about your sphere of influence. Um, exactly. If you can go back, you go back. You go talk to kids at the, at the school that you went to, and you can you can potentially influence them. Um, and it's also validating for those teachers that probably cut you a, you know, cut you a break or to put a foot in your ass when you need a foot put in your ass. Yeah. You can influence not just there. You can influence in the world around you. You can influence your sphere, the, the, the people that you come in close contact with every day. You, CEO, as, as somebody who runs your shop, every one of those people in your shop, that's your sphere of influence. You influence yeah. them every day, you know. Um, Gary, the same thing. The people that you supervise, the people that you cross path with every single day, you influence those people. You know, Krista, you teach, you influence those kids every single day. You can in, in, inspire them to to do better, in spite of whatever home life they may have. Right. You know, but it's it's all about if a few words can do that much damage to limit somebody's potential. Just imagine what a few good words would do. Yeah. And and I, I would say a few good words and a, and a few directive words. Because I feel like in some way, somewhere along the line, everybody lost sight of reality. And we try to mold kids to, to all be the same. Well, what do you want to be? And the, the survey says the right answer is doctor, yeah. lawyer, nurse. No. We need to really get, I guess, involved in these kids' lives on all levels parents, siblings, teachers, you know, administrators and say, you know what, this kid will be successful when we listen to them. So when you actually listen yeah. and find out that they want to do something that's vocational, how do we set them up to become the best welder right. that they can be? Yeah. How do we set them yeah. up to be the, the best auto mechanic they can be? And when Carpenter. We, when we start, yeah, yeah, when we start leveling kids out, because that's the way the world used to be. So it kind of goes back to what I said, because... Yeah. I think we always knew coming up in the black community that working at that place was a good job, but not necessarily what we wanted to do. We just right. knew if I got hired on at GM, then that's better than, gravy. than, gravy. than working at McDonald's. Yeah. So what I'm saying nowadays, there's so many vocations, there's so many trade schools, there's so many opportunities. You know, We need to find out what these kids like and help them reach there. There's only going to be a few that turn out to be, you know, lawyers, doctors. So everybody can't have that. But a lot yeah. of people need to know like here's how I can be successful in this yeah. current day society. I have Everybody a skill. may not want that. They may not want to what we've always been told, go to school, go to school. Yeah. Man, look. I don't want to do it. <laughs> there there are people that don't want to go to school. Don't yeah. ever want to set foot in a classroom. So what do you do? You you can't leave them 
hanging. You can't leave them straggling. Yeah, you got to find what out what do they you want to do. do? Yeah. Ask them, what do you want to do? You know, and, and, and maybe being an electrician or plumber appeals to them and yeah. you, you steer them in the direction that you need to. But the last thing that you do, you take that little brown face that's 12, 13 years old is figuring things out, figuring out how, you know, the, the, the things that appeals to them. And you tell them, nah, man, you sound white. Nah, yeah, that's you know, terrible. you know, what, what, you a little nerd now? Yeah. Nerds ain't tough. You know, you, you. We will always be playing catch up as long as we continue to stunt the growth of our own. Yeah. And, and that goes and that goes for to me, you know, all communities, all races, because I'm sure there's some kind of derogatory term for everybody. Oh, and, I'm sure. And, I'm sure. And all these different communities, like if you're doing something that's not of your I don't know, norm, you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and I'm going to give a shitty example, but I think about like. You know, all the movies I've seen and all the shows I've, I've seen portraying, like Boston, like the south side of Boston is like a heavy, I don't know if it's Irish, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy Caucasian uh, Yeah, uh, probably, I, I think there. it might be Irish, I think yeah. it might be Irish. But they're, they're pretty much like, you know, I don't want to call them poor, but they get by, you know, they, a good yeah. job for them is like working on a dock or something like that. But then when yeah. you're more than that, like, you know... Who the fuck are you? So it's not yeah. just a black community. It's, it's all communities. So we have to, yeah. you know, help understand our part in, in that growth if we're doing it in a negative way. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't think that, you know, my kids really have that because they all have been privileged enough to go to schools where, honestly, they were the minority. But me yeah. growing up, you know, Tanisha growing up, you growing up, we went to schools where we were the majority. So when you were different <laughs> yeah. uh, and you acted was, and sounded different, it was noticeable. You know what I'm saying? There was one white kid in our school, man, and yeah. he caught hell when Roots came out. Yeah, bro. So he um, caught it. I don't know, man. I, that that was uh, that was a topic that I felt that we needed we needed to touch on because it did take me back to my to my youth and had me thinking about it. Um, and I and so I, I like discussing that. I appreciate everybody chiming in. With their with their uh, words and uh, you know helping the conversation push, RIP. With that said, I guess we should move into the last news. News. Should I take this or should you take this? You should take it. Take oh, it. Well, we got a uh, real you quick. Put we got me a out new there? segment. No, no, we got a new segment. Well, we're gonna end gonna, with that one. Gonna, we'll, we're gonna end with that we'll one. We'll end with that but, one. All right. So I'll introduce that new segment after you do the news. news. <laughs> all right. Last but not least, always the worst. Um, somewhere in Asia, I think. Japan and apparently this has been surfacing for a while right so there was this whole you know is this real is it fake <laughs> anyway there's a game show slash potentially maybe a restaurant but god please tell me it's not real yeah I'm hoping that, and I'm praying it's not real but a lot of people are saying it's real a lot of people saying they've seen it or they've been there a lot of people saying that it's actually you know adult TV moral of the story is <laughs> there's this taste testing show Immoral, immoral of the story is. Yeah, and I'll let you guys guess what you're tasting. And since I'm directing the show and you probably all can't chime in at once, they're tasting butts. <laughs> it's literally a... As for the adults in the room, they're ass, eating ass. They are ass, eating ass. Ass tasting show. It's absolutely disgusting, disturbing. Read the article, I was like, I don't know what happens in other cultures, but this is a bit much. Okay? So... Yeah. 
super super crazy yeah. but this is the news news there's wild shit happening in the world worldwide 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 and and we we seem, oh my god we're so compartmentalized here in the united states but we would think that a lot of this stuff a lot of shit happens in florida we've come to realize that but yeah. a lot of shit is happening in, in, in all these other countries <laughs> who came up with the ass eating concept <laughs> who, who came uh, let's and and if you saw I didn't want to post it, so I. I, I didn't post it. It's like this room, and 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 there's an ass through this hole, and there's. It's not an individual room. It's like five asses in a row, <laughs> with five people eating ass in a row. With judges, there's judges. With judges. <laughs> there's judges that have goggles on. One of my friends asked. She was like, "Why is there goggles?" I said, "I don't know. Fecal debris. I don't know what's happening." Here. <laughs> it's absolutely asinine. No pun intended. But that, that's, yeah, <laughs> that was rather appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the news. News. All right, man. So let's let's get out of here. All right. Something so positive, so right? because because we got to ask the doctor's segment, and uh, you know, Co is the point guard, and I would love for him to have the take the last shot every game. So we came up with uh, Co's one final note. That's right. how we're going to close our, all of the shows now. Okay, so CO's final note. Uh, let me find it. All right, so basically, <clears throat> I always want to end with something positive or, or leave the show, you know, with a, with a thought that you guys can carry into the next week. So what I found this week and all of the crazy stuff that we hear about teens bullying kids, <clears throat> kids just being rude and, you know, don't have respect for for people and things like that there's a good story about a kid that saved his money his own money for two years right to then buy his best friend an electric wheelchair because his best friend's handicapped so we come across a whole bunch of crazy shit when we're trying to prepare the show come about we'll come across a whole bunch of real stuff that's things that we need to talk about like tonight's tpd and then you find something that really touches the heart. We always talk about the change that you want to see, all right? So yeah. I feel like you have to be that. And, you know, for his own reasons, you know, maybe his, maybe the kid's parents couldn't afford it. You know, maybe his friend was being ridiculed. Whatever it may be, he felt that, you know, it was his duty, his, his goal to do something huge for his friend. Because maybe he, he looks at things in the world I think that it's always, you know, maybe glass half full. He's looking at it differently. Like, look, I got my legs. I have my full usage of my body. And this kid will never have that. So what can I do to let him know that he's just as important as me? And I found that to be super interesting because we're not talking adults here. We're talking about teenagers. Okay. They're yeah. still in high school. So um, that was something that, you know, I'm going to share with my kids. Um, and, I, and I just want them to see this. And it's not that I'm looking for them to do the exact same thing. But it's like you don't know how doing the right thing or saying something nice or doing something right can affect somebody else, especially in a world where a lot of kids now feel like they're alone. It's wild because, again, social media, you can connect yeah. with the world. But these in kids, second. yeah, these kids now feel like they're alone and they're by themselves. Um, and so you don't you never know what they're going through. Everybody's life is different. So I found this to be super encouraging and just an amazing, you know, just an amazing thought process 
for somebody to think about like this. It's one thing to do something nice, like pick something up because somebody dropped something or, you know, give somebody, you know, the 50 cent that they're short for their lunch money or whatever. And it's another thing to save your money for two years and buy yeah. an electric wheelchair because last time I checked, they don't cost they 50 cheap. bucks, right? They, so, they are not cheap. Um, I commend this kid. Um, it doesn't mention his name in it, but it just talks about his story. So uh, he had a part-time job as a car, as a car mechanic in, in Arkansas. And then uh, he surprised his classmate with that. So super cool. Um, you know, that kid will have blessings that he will never, ever, ever, ever forget for the things that he's done. Um, that's just how I believe you do one nice thing and blessings come your way. So I'm glad yeah. he has good parents and they have him on the right track. And hopefully he continues to be that type of person. So that is my final thoughts of the show. P, you want to say anything before we get out of here? Uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I mean, it's, the day's off for obvious reasons, and, and uh, you know we we got a late start today. But uh, Gary, uh, Joe, uh, Krista, everybody else who tuned in, thank you. And Amber, thanks for the comment. Um, uh, Clink, you commented also about the you know the the respect thing, so appreciate it. Anybody that comments on our social media pages, we really appreciate the comments. Um, also, uh, real quick. I posted it, uh, the comment from, from Becky, and uh, she definitely deserves a shout-out for that. Um, we, we appreciate when we get feedback, such as, you know, um, she said, one a, a place where you can have an open, honest discussion without arguments, through discussion with adults about today's most heated debates and current events, then you need to follow this page and listen to it. So, you know, we really uh, want to let her know that we appreciate the shout-out. So, uh, yeah. Becky, thank you, thank you, thank you, and listeners uh those who tune in again we can't thank you enough we're still trying to grow this thing and as you see it's an evolutionary process and we evolve with you with your input thank you yeah that's true man so uh this week audio will be a little bit late um on soundcloud and itunes as i have to go out of town uh, to handle uh, the services for my grandma so i'll try to get those to you early next week uh, again, everybody that tuned in, thank you. Beck, you're amazing. I've been knowing you for years. You're a sweetheart. Uh, but she is never afraid to chime in what she really feels. So that's why, <laughs> that's why we appreciate you because that's what we try to do on this show. So thank you for uh, sharing that and recommending us to your community. Everybody else that's had anything positive safe about us, thank you. All I would ask before I get out of here is remember to follow the CEO on the doctor page. Um, listen, like, and share when you can. And just keep the word moving, man. You know, we're trying to let conversation do something different for us, influence us to, to just understand where everybody's coming from. That's what we mean by that. Um, it's definitely not your normal podcast. We will talk about anything and hit any topic. We're not afraid. Um, so just tell the world, and uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. So until next week, thank you for tuning in. This is C on the Doctor. We out. <laughs>